0: We start by giving you three rolls on the tower, and I've got eight random questions here. And whatever you roll, that is where we start. I love this. I'm right. not a very lucky person, but. I'm that way. To, the questions I feel are going like to be great. Anytime I have an opportunity to like roll a die or like. Pick a random card and win or lose something. I will lose whatever that is. Okay, well, two losers here today. <laughs> All right. <Hi>. Um. <laughs> okay. No, you got. You got a safe question to save questions to start good. here. This is your onset vice. What is your onset vice? The thing or the thing you turn to, whether it's a physical thing or a thing you do to kind of power through a tough day. Uh, you know, the first thing that popped into my
1: head for obliterated uh, was flaming hot Cheetos. Hey. Lemons. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of uh, it's appropriate. Terrible. But uh, you know, it was it was action packed. We were burning a lot of calories, so you know. Trying to, trying to keep up the uh, the fitness. <laughs>
0: now, the first thing that I thought of was, oh, Pringles, because... You like Pringles? It, well, I, oh. I'm just thinking about the Pringles can scene. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you're right. There's that scene. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I think about that now when I look at a Pringles can, so... And you know what? I've been asked a
1: lot of questions about the action that we did in the show and how we each really got an opportunity to, to try most of it. And I always forget that that might have been the hardest action scene, trying to squat over a Pringles can for, like, hours in a tiny little helicopter.
0: Not that I've ever done this, but I do always think about that. If I was ever in an emergency in a car and, like, Oh. Yeah, half a cup or some sort of similar container. Like, Always how do look you, around in your how car do you before you turn it on. <laughs> this conversation would not be appropriate on any other ladies' night, but because it's obliterated, yeah. it is okay. You know,
1: ladies, <laughs> we we tend to talk about some ridiculous stuff, so yes. I think it's on point. Totally fine and fair. Curse words are free and clear. Okay, on great. Show. Because I just did BBC London and I said the S H I T word, and I thought I was going to get kicked out of there. Um, it was really uncomfortable. I'm so sorry for if that offended anyone, but also this show says the f word every five seconds. So, if you're not yeah. into cussing, maybe don't tune in.
0: <laughs> Take a pass on that. All right, you got your second roll in the tower now. Oh great. Four is my lucky number. Let's see. Four. If that okay. Three. Three's my lucky number. Oh. This is actually an obliterated question. Let's say you were a part of an elite special forces team and you had to track down a bomb in Las Vegas. Which two actors from this ensemble would you pick to be on your team that you think would give you the best chance of pulling off the mission?
1: Um, Maya. Maya was the brains behind the brains. Um, And I found when I watched the show, I was like, oh my God, if we didn't have Maya, none of this would have been... I don't know, this is tough, because everyone has such a huge responsibility, but Maya, uh, Kimmy is just so phenomenal. This is like her first big thing, and you would have never guessed that. This is not an easy first project. No, and she was flawless, so we'll go with Maya. Okay. Um, Ooh... Um, well, we really need a a bomb deactivator and an EOD, oh so we'll go with we'll go with see Tom as Al's character. Fair enough, you <laughs> you have
0: enough trust in
1: him, okay? Yeah. In the real person versus. I the never character. I never answered with the traditional responses.
0: So. One of my favorite questions from the the Vegas event that I pitched to the three guys is if you had the opportunity to get a drink with two of these characters, who would be at the top of your wish list? But then who would be at the bottom? And what did they say? Haggerty is the well for me. Haggerty is the bottom. Yeah, because I think the first person Hayden picked was Haggerty. (laughs) That sounds (laughs) very Hayden. That's the wrong answer. Yeah, no,
1: that's that's very Hayden. All
0: right, you got one last roll in the tower here. Okay,
1: I'm feeling a four.
0: Feeling a four. It's gonna happen. I feel like I have to. That would to have been get, so amazing, but I'll have to give you four at the end. Okay. Just so yeah. we do it. Alright, so this is roll swap. If you had the opportunity to roll swap with anyone in this ensemble who would you pick and why? Like in real life or their characters? Oh, like you play their, you play their character and they play your character.
1: Ooh. Um, I would love to swap with Nick and play McKnight to get back at him for all the shit he his character puts Ava through. I think and that's he fair. needs to play Ava. You get what I'm saying? life in her shoes. Yeah. Literally, oh, I those freaking
0: heels. I always just love the thought of that as an acting exercise, too. Yeah. Just in terms of seeing how two different actors would play a character in a different way. Agreed. All right. So, number four is high low. Can you give me one audition high and then also one audition low, but tell me what you learned from that low that you were able to apply to future auditions? There's so many of both.
1: <laughs> um,. A low. Uh, let's start low. Uh, that would be the first one that popped into my head. It was, um, yeah, we'll leave names out because <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I at this point in my career, I was past like just pre reads, and so normally you walk into a room and there's a camera set up and it's a real proper you know audition. But for some reason, I walked in and it was a pre read, and my ego was fine, but I was just confused and. It's like wait did I do something like I just got in my head and then I just like out of body like I mean it was like I was having a seizure and he wasn't even looking at me in the audition and I I was just I have no idea what came out of my mouth and he was just like thank you and then I walked out and I call it the walk of shame I believe was it at Sony yeah, because it's in um, Culver City, and it's it's tough getting there. <laughs> that is. Uh, and you have to walk, like, I swear, like a mile in between the parking and the front door. So I call it the walk of shame, where you, then you go back to the waiting room, you change your shoes, you put on more comfortable clothes. And I was doing that, and I was bent down, and I just overheard the assistant go, Yeah, we don't need to print her headshot. Like, <laughs> so I got in oh. trouble also for not bringing a headshot, and I was just like, we don't do that anymore. I don't know. It was a whole, it was very weird. And then I like popped up and I was like, I'm sorry. Cause he knew that I had heard him, but it was my. fine. Cut to a month later, I was straight to producers on another project. And I walked in and he was there, the casting director. And I did well. And at the end he goes, hey, by the way, you did great today. <laughs> he like, he basically was like, I remember you before. Yeah, that was oh. funny. Um, and This is a fun story actually of how I met John and Hayden. When I was like 20, I went in for American Reunion. Oh wow. And I met John and Hayden. So this was, I mean, a very long time ago. And my character that I was auditioning for was on Molly. And so they were like, and I I was testing with Chris Klein and they were like, do whatever you want, just go for it. And I was like, okay. And next thing I know I'm humping a chair and when I left, my manager called, and he was like, um, how'd it go? And I was like, oh, it's fine. I, like, humped a chair. And he goes, wait, 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 can we circle back to humping the chair? And I explained, and he actually, to this day, uses that as, like, a barometer for how did your audition go. Oh, my God. And it means, like, did you just go for it, or did you hold back? He obviously doesn't mean hump a chair at every audition, but that's, that's John Josh Hayden. The projects that they're involved with, that they create, it... it Calls for the actors to not hold back. And that's what I've always loved about them. And it's so fun to so many to have so many years go by and then get to work with them, you know, unobliterated. And you
0: cannot hold back. I love how full circle that is. But I also how wholesome the idea of humping a chair in an audition has become. My, so my manager, did you hump a chair?
1: And it does obviously doesn't mean that. And just... FYI, they did not tell me to do that. They just said, "Do whatever you want," you know. Um, but I love that about them.
0: Hello, hello, everyone! Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night. Today's guest, Shelly Hennig. Obliterated. Obliterated. My God. <laughs> did my God, you see this it? show? I saw it. I and I should have. I should have thought that this was what I was going to get from John, Josh, and Hayden given where they started. But I think like my brain is so morphed to fit Cobra Kai type content that I'm like, whoa. Yeah, wow. they're really not comparable, except for the fact that they're both brilliant shows. Now we've hit the meat of our interview. I started at the very, very beginning. I was doing my research, reading all about the Miss Teen USA stuff. And in particular, that when you won, it came with an opportunity to study acting. Is that where the dream to become an actor was first sparked, or did you have it before? That's where it happened.
1: And it wasn't that it was acting, because I really never paid attention. I like watched Say by the Bell growing up, and like that's kind of it. I wasn't like a huge TV film person. I was a very active dancer. I did not grow up doing pageants, but I grew up a a competitive dancer. So that's where I spent a lot of my time. And so um, it was my dance teacher who suggested that I do Miss Teen Louisiana. Um, There was like a, a family tragedy. My dance teacher kind of stepped in for a minute and she was like, go do this. It'll get you out of Louisiana. And I won, and I thought it ended there. I didn't know that it went on to Miss Teen USA. I somehow won that. And then with that came the acting scholarship. And the reason I took it was because it was free. And it was like an opportunity on a silver platter. And I was like, and you moved to New York. So I was like, we'll see how this goes. And day one, I remember we were doing like breathing exercises. And I just remember being like, this is the weirdest shit (laughs) I have ever heard of. But I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. And it was like... From that day forward, I was like, I'm going to get good at this.
0: Okay, so that was the point where the obsession started, whether it was in that program or maybe on one of your first professional sets. Do you remember the first thing you did that made you stop and say to yourself, I'm choosing the right path. I am good at this. Oh,
1: wow. I don't. You know, progress is not linear. One of my favorite quotes. (laughs) And I would just say. You know, I started, my first gig was on a soap opera and I somehow booked a four-year, you know, contract just before my acting school finished. And I, it was like being paid to go to get your master's and to have to do it. I mean, it, it feels live. You get one take to do every scene and you cry in pretty much every scene or your character's having sex. So from that... Um, I feel like, I feel like those four years were very, very important and I, I've just always had, um, I I don't know, I have so much respect for those four years of my career and I always give credit to that show and the other actors that I watched and learned so much from. I don't know. I would just say that those four years were very important and great for auditioning because you get one shot. So that's, but now it's self-tapes, you can well, do 20. So I'm like, dang it. I, I liked being the girl that could do it once, you know, the first
0: one. I've had so many people on this show who got their start on soap operas, and they call it the, the acting boot camp that they needed. It's incredible. Mm. What is... What is one thing that you learned while working on that show that you still find yourself applying to your approach to playing characters today, but then can you also give me the opposite, some new technique that you recently discovered that, you know, you're exploring more and more with every new project you take?
1: Yes. Um, One thing that was really important with surviving the grueling uh, soap opera experience was you had to be very adaptable and you had to go to extreme places like that there was no prep time you don't get to say like I need a second or I need a minute like that's kind of frowned upon if you just you just have to do it so I remember one day being like okay this is a really intense scene coming up and I'm not feeling it I'm not feeling like I'm prepped like I'm and I remember just looking around and noticing that the way that the furniture was organized in the room took me back to my living room as a kid and I just was able to step into a particular thing that happened. Like it wasn't that intense, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just I just was panicked, and I was like, I got to figure out something. Huh. And I just went with.
0: I love how the way the, that memory is, the way
1: the furniture was placed, and I. So I would say adaptability has been really important to me. It's also allowed me, I think, to kind of take on anything on a set um, and just go with it. Um, so yeah, adaptability. And then as far as character work, I'd say I didn't really start that until after the soap opera brought a lot of myself (laughs) to that character because it's your first job. It's, it's kind of an easier way in, um, or at least it was for me. And also I was trained Meisner, so whatever. It's the geeky stuff. But, um, what I've been doing in the last, let's not put time, time frame on it. Something that's very important to me is to start physically with a character. Um, Sometimes it's just a word. Like I could tell Joaquin Phoenix and um, Napoleon, I don't know if this is what he did, but I was like, he played this like a toddler. And his physical movements at times were like what a three-year-old, you know, would be doing. And that's what I like to do, start physically. Um, I've played characters, you know, where maybe they're a little more curious and they're less like me as a person and like in everybody's business and, like, happy to, you know, meet people. until so, like, a curious character would maybe be more leaned back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just little subtle physical movements
0: is what I prefer to start with. Okay. I get that approach. I get that approach. I have so many follow-up questions. One thing that was crossing <laughs> my mind, especially given this industry has a habit of boxing people in— you came from the Miss Teen USA uh, stuff and then you focus the beginning of your career on soap opera acting. Is it then difficult to transition to other TV shows and feature films where folks are like, like, you could do that. But I don't know if we could take you seriously in this realm or maybe you didn't face that at all.
1: It was certainly a fear of mine. Um, I really have rebelled against beauty if you will. I felt like because of the Miss Teen USA title and then going on a soap opera, which typically a very beautiful, you know, people, I was worried that I'd be put into that category. So it made me work extra hard to really feel good about my work and my craft. So I just focus on that. I can't really focus or pay attention to what other people are going to do. And I feel like I've been very lucky. I feel like I've not
0: been put in a box. You have not. Yeah. Genre hop. I'm all over the place. A genre hop makes me very happy. There's this particular (laughs) genre movie I will ask a question about. But first, I always love highlighting the good on this show, but I do think there's great value that comes from learning from the bumps in the road along the way. And the one in particular I wrote down was Secret Circles cancellation because I have vivid memory. It was right when my sister moved in with me and I just remember sharing that with her and how upset we were when that got cancelled. So what were some lessons learned at that point about how the business operates in terms of the cancellation and renewal process and is there anything about those lessons learned that have impacted the roles you've taken since?
1: Hmm. I think for me, Secret Circle was my first, you know, so I finished the soap opera and then I I had my first pilot season uh, and I booked my first pilot, which was Secret Circle, and I f- flew to Vancouver and all of a sudden was living in Vancouver. I had never filmed... Single camera. I had only done multi camera, mm-hmm. so it was a huge learning lesson for me technically to film that pilot, and I was so. It was it was really hard for me to adjust to, and I really leaned on my castmates. They're still my best friends to this day. But a
0: good group on that one. They have
1: tech all texted me this morning. Every single one of them. Um, they're so excited, and they've been such a great support because they they'd all been doing it longer than I had. Um but yeah, that was a really difficult transition. Um and then we got to do the the season and you know, I'd never filmed outdoors either. And we're in freezing Vancouver. I never would have thought about that. I know that. you're inside at like a studio on the soap opera. I I that was the only job I had had, but I did it for 4 years. So, for me, I think doing that was just an important year for me, but I think it was really tough. And I think the cancellation was obviously devastating. I loved that character, I loved the story, I loved my cast. Andrew Miller and I are still very close. Um, I think I was just still rolling with the punches at the time. Um, yeah I'm trying to that's it, so long ago it's hard to it's, remember it's so
0: long ago but it's still one of those shows that I still see a pop up on lists of shows that were lost too soon yeah. and I don't know I, I fully believe that yeah
1: <laughs> I mean obviously it would have been amazing to do season two I think I was still naive to things and I didn't assume that we would get a season two I'm more of mm. like a protect myself, let's not get too excited right away, which kind of annoys people. Like I I feel like John, Josh, Hayden at times are like, can you be excited? (laughs) I'm like, no, I am. I'm just being
0: cautious. Everyone gets annoyed at me because every time I'm going to shoot a ladies night, I won't tell anybody who the guest is in fear that I'm going to jinx it. (laughs) You're so right. You're so right. I mean, you never know. You never know. But then things work out and it's wonderful. I'm going to build on learning about the technical side of things to talk about one of my favorite movies of yours, Unfriended. I was hoping you'd say that. I was that. at that South by Southwest premiere, one of my favorite- I wasn't me- even
1: there. We weren't even invited. It's <laughs> <That's>
0: crazy. <laughs> one of my favorite memories from that is we all saw the movie, we loved it, and by the time we got back to our hotel room, whatever PR company was working on it had sent us friend requests from Laura Barnes. And because we were so fresh and new and didn't know, that was one of the most effective of, like marketing plays ever. The people
1: behind that movie and Nelson, I'll shout out to mm-hmm. Nelson Greaves. Yes. He was he. Cre- it was his idea. Um, and for those who don't know, the show takes place. I and mean, this was pre-pandemic. This was like before. You everyone were was one of Zoom... the
0: first that started the screen life trend. Yes,
1: Unfriended absolutely was, and that's what was so I think special about it. But also, it was shot so. I mean, it, that was also like theater. So we sh- all shot in this one house and each character had their own bedroom as if they were at home after school, Zooming with their f- their group of friends, talking shit. And we're all in high school. And the way we filmed it um, was they had like a, the living room was sort of like the epicenter. And so the director and Nelson were were watching us on, we were sorry. This it's a complicated. Yeah. But we each uh, filmed ourselves on laptops with GoPro cameras. So the way that it was set up was our room was lit, so there was never any lighting changes. So one day, and this is an independent um, film, and I had done a lot of television. So I was so excited to do like a like we you know we got paid like basically nothing originally, and I was just so pumped to be there and the. The idea of the story would change every day, and like what was important was we all had to be really good at improv to be mm-hmm. able to to do this type of movie and to make it feel loose and and real. But I just remember being like looking at my co stars and being like, I don't know, and I like raised my hand at lunch one day and I was like, I have an idea. What if we shot this all in one take? And Mike, the cast, just looks at me like I'm gonna fucking kill you. Like, are you kidding <laughs> I was me, Shelley? Like that, the that, that was. is like ridiculous, and they're also thinking. They've done independent projects where maybe it wasn't like a safe space to do to have wild ideas. And so they were just like, oh, God. We did it. Mm -hmm. And I think every one of those actors would argue it's one of the most special moments we had as actors. I mean, to be able to. And also, we had laptops, so you could pull the script up. If you got lost for a second, you could pretend like your character was grabbing a water bottle and like just kind of peek through. We were texting each other in real time. Nelson was sending us, like, they would like shut the lights off without telling us, so you'd react in real time. It was very interactive, mm. super unique, and one of the most special um, experiences of my career. And
0: I think the movie's Really good. It is really good. You know what's funny about that, too? The sequel's actually really good, which oh. I feel like usually does not happen with stuff like that. It's amazing. Yeah. Two for two. Now you That's need to come back to the horror genre, though.
1: Oh. Oh, you think so? I do. I do. Maybe as a grown-up. I've, <laughs> I've done a few, you know, teenage okay. roles in horror okay. films, but I think.
0: The, a, like a mom? Like you play a mom yeah, and like your, your kids may be possessed or something? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's what you I You know, a lot now. of those
1: scripts have come to me. I think it's really important who the director is. And I do hope that one day I'm going to be very intrigued by one of those because it is nice to really just go to those intense places Yeah. every now and
0: then. I've got, I've got a lot of horror suggestions for it. That's my oh. genre. That's my favorite genre What's in the your world. your favorite horror movie? Oh, it's Scream. That was one of my dicey questions too. Oh. It's it's always scream, and the only question that pertains to scream is what's your favorite scary movie?
1: Oh, um, well,
0: Unfriended. <laughs> oh, good choice. No, I good think choice. Martyrs is really brilliant. No, yeah, the no. Fr- the French one. No, <laughs> why? It's so. Anytime someone School asks me. the question, "What horror movie like scared you too much where you won't watch it?" I always say the original Martyrs. I'll it, it is it's a very good movie, very it's well dark. done beautifully acted, extremely dark to the point that because of what happens in the ending, like I was, I was like sad for days after oh, no. watching that, that movie. See, that's, that's
1: so me to pick that one.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. I'm sorry. I get it. I get it. It's a very good movie. I can't deny yeah. that. All right. Before I go into uh, obliterated, one big broad question to hopefully hit some more titles here. I love asking this question too because I love highlighting how many different approaches to acting there are out there. Yeah. It's a big question. Of all the actors you've ever worked with, can you name one with a very similar process to your own where like the two of you were immediately in sync the second you met? But then I also want an example of the opposite. Someone who challenged you to adapt and maybe try something new and for the better.
1: (sighs) Oh, okay. Um, I just, I think it's so unique how anyone Goes into it. I think it'd be really hard to be like it was similar, but I will say, Nick Zano and I were very in sync from the beginning. I think our personalities um, are similar. We're I don't, and we've like had our we've done our ten thousand hours. We were like so ready for this moment, and we just came in with such respect for the project and for each other and for the ensemble and. It was just seamless working with Nick. It really, and you had to feel that safety because we go some wild places, you know, and we didn't have to work on that. It was, it was immediate. I'll speak for myself. Hopefully Mm -hmm. Nick agrees. But um, yeah, that was really lovely. But I don't think our approach to acting, maybe approach to like how you are on a set, you know. Still counts. Still part of the process. I'd say we're responsible, always on time. Mm and We cared about everybody there. So there's that. There's certainly been people who, you know, have a different approach. And again, my brain goes to like set etiquette because mm. I do think that's really, that's very important to me. I think
0: it's one of the most important things. Yeah.
1: And I worked with, <laughs> well, to be fair, there's one, I'll leave the name out because he's so brilliant and he's so respected and he's incredible. But like he's he's a very, very big actor. And I was just offered a small role to just kind of be there and like have a line here and there. But I was told he was in character 24 seven, but he would pick and choose when he was in character, when he wasn't who he'd be in character with, who he wouldn't be in character with. He also wouldn't start the scene at the same spot every time. So you were kind of playing like dodgeball. So like, and if he starts it at a different spot, that means my character might be over there at this point. So I would have to, like, reset or, like, run to that spot. So it was very – I do love a challenge, so I, like, secretly loved it. But I was just like, I hope he doesn't think I'm terrible because I'm literally just trying to follow, you know, his mm-hmm. – where he wants to start, you know. So that was that was tricky, but it all worked out, and I I, I learned a lot there. And then, you know, there have been, been people who, like, FaceTime, like, at the chairs. And for me, that's like, ah – Unless we're all in on it,
0: I'm like, I think we should, you know, I don't know. Things like that. That's like when I try to be social and friendly whenever I'm at a press day for interviews and like everyone's chatting (laughs) before I'm like, no, just like let me do my prep and look at my notes. Yeah, we all have our different (laughs) process. Um, Yeah. All right. Obliterated full force for Ava now. Is there anything about that character and what this show was maybe that made you think this is what I need in my life right now as an actor evolving my craft. What did you think you could gain from playing her now? So I was I had to, um
1: let's see, I was in Ireland last summer doing wait wait wait. No, that's not the that's not how the this went. So I was in Atlanta shooting the Team Wolf movie on all-night shoots. I promise I'll get to the answer. <laughs> I tend to do this. Um and You know, you're you're on a different sleep schedule. It's uh, you're filming 17 hours a day. I was doing action and whatever. So then it's not every week that you get five auditions for five straight to series or like funded films. Big names. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the worst week to have to do these self-tapes. And I decided, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm like, I can't do it all. Um, so it was a very tough decision, but I decided to only tape three out of the five. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Obliterated, I I tend to look at the role before I read who's involved. Like, I really, I don't care as much about that. I'm like, what can, you know, I look at the role first, and I saw CIA, CIA, it, and I was just like, nah, I'm not ready for that. And I passed. <gasps> you passed. Because I thought it was like a procedural. And at the time I was looking for comedy. So I freaking passed. Then I finished a Teen Wolf movie. I get back to LA. I got COVID. I was really down. I was exhausted. And I was like, you know what? I've never taken a break. I think I'm going to take like a month off. No auditions. I was telling my buddy, Ben Lawson, phenomenal uh, fellow actor, that I was going to take a break. And he was like, are you kidding me? Had you Have you not like, how did you not test for the show called Obliterated? It's it's you. I was like, what? I opened my phone, and he's like, it's. And I was like, oh, I passed on it. It's a drama. I don't want. I I want to do a comedy right now, or take a break and then do a comedy. And he's like, Shelly, they haven't cast the role, and it's a freaking comedy. I was like, what? Long story short, I ta- I taped two days later, and um, the rest is history. But I almost missed this opportunity. And I, it is so unlike me, but that just goes to show where I was at at the time. And I'm just so grateful that Ben Lawson took me to dinner after I had COVID and we had that conversation and yeah.
0: Oh, you're so perfect in this role too. This is a very, very well cast show. (laughs) I agree. John, Josh, Hayden really mm-hmm. know what's up.
1: And everyone is so perfect at their roles.
0: In them, they in them. I trust always. Yes. All right. To highlight more of the actors in this ensemble. I'll actually, I'll put up the spoiler warning for this just so you could talk about it freely. But in case anybody out there doesn't know, obliterator obliterated is available to stream on Netflix right now. So have at it. You have no idea what you're in for. You're going to love <laughs> like, it. No, idea. <laughs> really no <laughs> idea. Um. Can you give me an example of a scene when a scene partner was just what you needed, where it was a tough scene and maybe you wouldn't be able to access something in your own character unless it was for what they did for you as your scene partner? Man,
1: Um, my brain immediately goes to Nick because we had the most scenes together. And like I said, we were it felt like we were very in sync and it feels like Nick and I have had very similar backgrounds in this industry, just as far as, like, the craft goes. Um, I, I can't really put my finger on it, but, like, we were, just thought we were so well-matched. Like, we both wanted to be as physical as we were with, like, the action stuff. We had, you know, good boundaries with certain things. We also didn't hold back. Um, I just felt like anytime time it was going to be me and Nick, it was just like, yeah, this is, this is something lovely is gonna happen here. But I felt that about everybody, but I worked a lot with him. Um, I'm trying to think, is there like a funnier answer here? Like, I mean, see Tommy, like, he, I mean, spoiler alert, but, but he's he like, he's like weakened at Bernie's. It. He's like passed out half the series, but he would just do like a arm drop or like a snort or like a fart or whatever. And he would steal the scene. And Nick and I would just look at each other after each take and be like, he's brilliant. How? He's passed out and he's stealing Mm -hmm. the show. And then also there's Lori Petty. When
0: she popped up. Ugh. Yes.
1: She is phenomenal. She is such a unique person on and off screen. We loved working with her. She just brings so much life. And Nick and I were dying. I mean, she's... I don't really have the words for it. Uh, I really respect her, and it was—you just knew that she was going to bring something special, and she did.
0: Always, always, yeah. consistently. I yeah. love it. But
1: everyone did. Everyone mm-hmm. brought so much of the Paola. Paola brings so much of herself to the role of Gomez, and I respect that. Uh, Terrence, dying. I mean, he just will go. Eh. Like every now and then or like the way he he looks when he's like obliterated, hilarious to me. Eugene is a very good friend of mine. We got to reunite on this show, which was life changing. He, he and I are very close. He brought so much seriousness and depth and emotion that like it was I was like, oh, my God, who's this person? You know, I, I hadn't worked with him before, but I knew him as a human. So, he brought such a, he brought that, which was so important, and obviously he's funny. Um, Allison is just a dream. She is so sweet, and she is so great. She gets to play, well, spoilers or no?
0: Well, we're in spoiler territory now. Yeah, we She's are. she got her work cut she out for her. She gets to
1: play like two different roles, essentially. And Very good at killed that. she would it. Um, she'd, ha- she'd have us giggling, um, who am I missing? How yeah, about like Terrence? I feel like you got the Nick main, is hilarious. main ensemble. Um, everyone's fine. Everyone. I don't know. Everybody brought something.
0: Again, perfectly and cast show right here. Yeah.
1: The other girls showed their tits. I showed my butt. <laughs> you know, Terrence had to do a prosthetic situation. Like, Nick showed his butt. Everyone had to do something like that in yeah. the show. See, uh, Tommy. Yeah.
0: Shows I've, a I've lot. Heard, I've heard that story. You heard the story. Oh, Great. I know so that, we don't need to. I, I don't need to tell his prosthetic story. Prosthetic went yeah. in the trash. Like, <laughs>
1: nah, I'm not doing that. It's gonna be a am prosth- the real thing yeah. is coming in.
0: Yeah. Uh, to each their own. Whatever. A lot of whatever for that. everybody wants to do that makes them happy, comfortable, and go to the furthest extent with yeah. the show. Because I feel like if you don't get a group of actors who aren't willing to go 110, it's not with, gonna work. With a concept. Yeah. It just like flat it's out not gonna does work. not work.
1: Tommy was very important to me. He, you know, he's been around a Mm. long time and he's so phenomenal. And he, each day that he would work, he'd come up to me and just look me dead in the eyes. I could get emotional thinking about it. He would just be like, you're killing it. Like, he's like the responsibility that, that we all have. But like, he just, I don't know. He was really important to keep me going. And just, it was so nice that such a, someone like him who's been around, who's worked with anyone you can imagine like saw something in me, it felt like, and he was like, really uh, supportive of that.
0: It matters, and it matters when people yeah. you, know, keeps you going. Say, say
1: something, to you. Yeah. because I
0: feel like a lot of times people may think that but not say it, yeah. and it could really mean something to the person in the moment.
1: Yeah, it really, it was it was really important. Paola brought me a coffee one day. I, like, almost cried. I was like, are you kidding me?
0: Who are these people? You're so nice. <laughs> I, I might cry over a cup of coffee when I'm in need as well. All right, I have to let you go, Stu. I want to oh, make, make sure to squeeze in two more questions because one thing I tend to get obsessed with with John Josh and Hayden's oh. work is when they, they plant the perfect oneer in a series. Uh, and you are right smack in the middle of a pretty epic one in episode five, I believe. What was it like filming that? And is there anything about the process of pulling off an action oneer that surprised you? I mean,
1: love a oneer because the unfriended story, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I was very pumped about that. But this is an action oneer, which I had never been a part of. And Sherwin, our director, Was so cool, calm, and collected. I was just like, how? How is this possible? I don't know to this day how it was possible, but we did it. And I mean, the stunt coordinator, everyone was just great at their jobs, just like our characters being the best at what they do. I felt like everyone, cast, crew, was the best at what. Their responsibility Mm -hmm. was and all the little pieces just came together and it was one of the most rewarding, you know, scenes we got to shoot for sure. I
0: love how the camera also cuts to like Gomez in the background. Do you (laughs) know the story
1: of why? Why? Oh, maybe that's her story to tell. Oh. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. It's, I, it's no, nothing dramatic, that. but I like, respect. It's that. her story to tell. Okay. Get. One one day I'm gonna make sure I circle back and Yeah, get they a couldn't story do a close-up of her. Okay. <laughs> it, well it's appropriate it's appropriate for the character. It's like it feels to me like exactly where she should be in that moment.
1: Ah. Because
0: she's the she's a sharpshooter. You're right. Yeah. I thought it was it worked Maybe it wasn't it. Maybe, well. maybe
1: I'm making shit up. <laughs> I did say the premiere was last night and they got us obliterated. Again, yeah, you were obliterated. We
0: all understand that. All right, I'll I'll end with this one in hopes of willing a season two into existence. At the end of season one, what do you think Ava's new greatest strength is? Something that will help her on a future mission. But then I also want to know what you think her greatest weakness at that point is. The next thing she'll have to overcome to be a stronger leader. Um, I think
1: she learns to trust people just a little more. Um, and
0: I think her biggest weakness will be maybe opening her heart. Ooh, I can see that. I can see that. I want more. This was wild. Yeah. Every single time I saw something in the show, I'm like, oh my, you are taking it to another level. I don't know how you could top that. Something else happens. I know. And you're right about like John Josh Hayden. Like, whatever they touch,
1: whatever they create, like, and now it's so cool that I get to be a part of that with them. It's just I have so much trust in them. It's it's crazy. I don't uh, blame you. Yeah, and it's such a good feeling.
0: I'm convinced that every single thing that they do, I could feel their passion for that thing and that and their enthusiasm yes. for telling those stories, radiating it, yes. radiating off the screens. And you could very much see and feel and that. They don't here. let
1: anyone bully them or tell them no we got <laughs> i think we got everything they wanted and it's it's obvious in the show
0: oh it is something else shelly congratulations Unobliterated, and i look forward to seeing more from you Thank fingers you. crossed for horror so nice to meet
1: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter